0: Love that for you.
1: A constant ticket. A constant chopping. You're ready to walk out. It's time to clock it. This is Talk Hand Audio. Yeah. What's happening, everybody? Away we go on an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast. As we kickstart another week, we are on social media, at Tall Can Audio. Make sure you're subscribed to the pod wherever you're hearing us right now. Uh, Happy to be joined. And I guess I'm incredibly lucky I've been able to scour the city of Ottawa to find one woman who is capable of co-hosting a sports podcast. Not every city, to my understanding, has such a luxury. There are some cities out there, I'm told, that don't have a single woman capable of hosting a sports podcast. Uh, those cities probably don't actually exist, maybe just through the eyes of, of people who don't know what they're looking for. But we are joined today by Michaela Schreider. What's happening, Schreides?
0: Quick, for a dollar, name a woman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Screeds. <laughs>
0: I feel like I've, I've had that one. conversation a lot this week.
1: Yeah, I have no doubt that's true. Uh, I'm happy you're here. How's it going?
0: Not too bad. I am uh, I have drank so much coffee over the last month with the <laughs> World Cup, Matt, that my heart rate is just a gentle hum. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm hoping to balance that out with a little bit of beer this afternoon.
1: I think that's a healthy choice, right, for, to move right? from one artificial... Uh... <laughs>
0: If there are Whatever. any doctors listening, they're they're, they're no, tr- very concerned. Trust me, there for are me. no doctors
1: listening to this <laughs> podcast.
0: <laughs> Not anymore, at least. We can tell you that much.
1: Um, what uh, what have you chosen to go with here today?
0: So I am going with uh, Burdock Breweries Vermont Blonde. Hmm. Um, this is Burdock. There we go. Burdock Brewery out of Toronto. Uh, I love their brewery. It's a, it's a smaller brewery in like the Bloordale Village area. Right. Um, but they do sell in the uh, LCBO. So I, I found a couple a few weeks ago. I was down in London uh, and I found a couple and brought them. Was it London? No, I was here. <laughs> um, and I, I can't remember. It's Where been a been? long month. I haven't slept. Long. Um and I, I love this brewery. It's one of my favorite breweries. And so anytime I find their beer, I get it. Their blonde ale is so nice and smooth, but it's got, like, good flavor. And it's a small can, which, like, okay. you know, I'm kind of dipping the toes in this afternoon. I'm going to go slow because, like I said, the coffee. Yes. Uh, so that's what I'm. all that is to say. Mm-hmm. That is what I'm going with today.
1: Okay. Uh, I have one here from uh, from the Whippersnapper Brewing Company who I had placed an order from a couple weeks ago. And uh, I don't remember how much of this story, if any, I told on the podcast, but just briefly. Um I had texted, you know, and when you place an order, sometimes it's like, leave any special delivery notes. I believe that's where you're supposed to put like your buzzer number for your condo building or things like that. And I was like, hey, I just found I have one of your kegs stashed away from an order I placed quite a while ago. Uh, Any chance your delivery person can take it with them when they drop off this order and uh, got a a message in return from um, Ian at the brewery, who's actually the one doing the brewing. And he's like, kind of like your show. How about I just bring the beers over? You can show me around the studio. We'll have a little chat kind of thing. And uh, I'll take the, the keg and, and get out of here. So got to meet him. Uh, he brought some stuff over. And, and this is one of those. Um, and he comments frequently on our, our episodes. You know, the one he, he enjoys, obviously. More than yeah. any of but uh, So that's pretty cool. We've, we've tried a couple things here lately on the, uh, on the pod from Whippersnapper. And uh, this is, though, this is a mouthful. This is the Jolly Pop uh milkshake ipa pink guava yeah six percent uh is what we're kicking off sunday with here and uh i there's there's a lot happening here right so i'm i'm looking forward to checking this one out and that's one of the things i like about whippersnapper is they have a couple staples that they keep around but otherwise it's sort of like yeah let's just try this see how it goes and and, and different flavors we'll just run this through we'll put out a limited run on it and uh this is one of those i'm looking forward to checking out there's, there's a lot happening though milkshake ipa pink guavas it's a lot
0: that's a busy beer yes. for sure i i do love whippersnapper though i i you're right they they certainly love their experimental stuff mm-hmm. um but i've never had a beer from them i did not like no. even the ones yeah. that like i'm not typically a fan of that style but um i i did a we did a brewery tour there a couple years
1: ago and i really enjoyed it it's a great spot yeah i've never actually uh been in to sit down and have a couple we picked up a keg or two there over the uh, over the years and and then this was delivered so on first pull, it's a little bit tart almost got like a like a bubble gum thing going on or something which is kind of fun and this when you look at uh, you know that extended name that i've read out twice now and i'm not going to try and do for a third time uh that's sort of what you're expecting like fun this is supposed to be a fun one yeah. right like let's see everything that's happening here let's see what you pull out of it um yeah on first pull, i'm enjoying I- it
0: that name does not suggest subtlety, and you would not expect it from no, that beer. Right. So that's good.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so uh, I did want to talk briefly, try Look, we're going to get into everything that went down uh, this morning on the uh, the Women's World Cup. Uh, I want to ask you a little bit about, about the Red Blacks. Uh, oh, yay. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into a few different things here. But uh, I got to visit on Saturday the Bob Cajun Craft Beer and Cider Fest tries Ooh. I know you badly were trying to get in. Sold out. Pretty exclusive event. They don't let just anybody in. I'm sure. Oh no, would, of you, course you not. would understand. Um, but uh, you know, only a few minutes from the family cottage, and so I ended up going over with my cousin and three of our like oldest friends, like two guys we grew up with, well, and a and a girl we grew up with. I, I, I oh my god, I girl? know a girl who likes beers. And hangs it with us. is Isn't that weird? Um, So just, you know, all who happen to be into craft beer and, you know, I grew up in the same neighborhood as, but, you know, now we don't see each other anywhere near as often. Life happens, right? People move to Ottawa. People move uh, all over the damn place. So went over there and... It was awesome. It was at this place called uh, the Bob Cajun Settler's Village. And, you know, lots of towns have these, like, old, like, pioneer village kind of things, right? Mm. And this thing, I guess, is known for, like, having, like, Christmas tree marches. Like, you come through and check out how different people have decorated this and that. It's got craft shows or whatever. And this particular weekend, it was craft beer. And uh, I think there was 10 listed breweries and cideries which is pretty good for a town of less than four thousand people i thought um but we didn't visit any of the the cideries that's just not our uh, our thing but a few different breweries that i've often talked about on here right the old flame everybody knows i love that out of uh out of port perry uh old dog brewing company here in bob cage and they were the Lindsay brewing company which anyone who knows this area that used to be pie-eyed monk uh they've changed their name and one that was brand new to me shrides uh from Dusk Till Dawn Brewing Company, which I'd never yeah. heard of. I believe they're out of Clarington. Now, I had a couple people in our little group telling me that I just don't know what I'm talking about, and they've been around for a while, so I'm not going to swear they're new. I will swear they're new to me, and uh, had a couple things from there. Um, most of it was good. I'll be honest. You know how much I love a stout, so in August, if I see someone with a stout, I'm going to check that out because a lot of those go away in the yeah. uh, in the summer months. It wasn't a very good stout, if I'm being honest oh, with the good no. listener. But the other two things I had from there, both of those were very good. But the one shout-out beer I have to mention here, Shrides, as we, as we talk about this, it's called Stargazer from the Bob Cajun Brewing Company. This gets a little complicated because the Bob Cajun Brewing Company is not located in Bob Cajun. It's located in Peterborough for some reason. I don't quite understand. Uh, Stargazer, it was a rye IPA. And it had some rye flavor to it. It had some coffee flavor to it, some chestnut to it. It was kind of roasty for an IPA, but it still had all that hoppiness that you would expect out of an IPA. Friggin' loved it. And that, that is the beer I'm walking away from uh, Saturday that I will go looking for, right? Like, I will seek this out. I will go find cans of that one.
0: And therefore, the Bob Cajun Craft Beer and Cider Festival has done its job. It Zold accomplished beers, what it wanted moved to. Some beers, it sold yeah. some beers. Exactly. <laughs> we we were talking before the show. I used to love craft beer fest, and, and like, admittedly, if I got the opportunity to go to one today, I'm sure I would. But in my late 20s, I hit a point. And I think it was at the Toronto Craft Beer Festival, which, as you can imagine, was quite big. Yeah. Where I was Probably like, more I than die. Ten for <laughs> yes, I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it for two for two reasons. One, you know, you hit your late 20s, and hangovers are. A thing, Oops. and they get worse. And now I'm in my mid, yeah, yeah. Now I'm in my mid 30s, and I'm pretty sure I would die. But um, <laughs> the, the other thing I find with with uh, craft beer festivals, and and again, this is probably just me getting old. Like after maybe the third or fourth sample that I have, the flavors stop meaning much. Right, because you're you're getting a little buzz from yep. the beer. Yep. You've also, if you're like me, you go for the IPAs, and those are pretty strong on flavor. And it, I find it messes with everything else you try for the rest of the day. And like you probably I have one f-
1: reusable glass too that isn't getting as cleaned as it should, <sighs> right? Like to, to really allow. Oh yeah, post
0: COVID, that'd be real interesting. <laughs> 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 but I, I'd love to. Like I, I haven't been to one since then, and I would love to go back just to see if I could do it. But it, uh, th- they are a marathon not a sprint and you gotta pace yourself
1: it's so funny that you say that because you're totally right we got back here we each had another beer with dinner and like it was funny um luckily you know we were coming back to the family cottage and God lover my parents are here my mom took mercy upon us and had put in like some some pork into the slow cooker before we left and nice. so we came back to a gorgeous pulled pork and like it was awesome but like we were kind of joking as we were sitting around the table like has there ever been a more delicious meal than whatever you're eating after an afternoon of having beers? (laughs) 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 Yeah. It almost doesn't matter what it is. But my buddy brought up, as we were sitting there at like 11.30, feeling tired and run down, like I'm not sure. He also recently just turned 40. And we had this damning realization that was like, we didn't drink over there any full beers. Like they give you the little... um, like you're getting a, what do they call them? Shrides, it's it's blank. And a flight, it's like a, a, a flight, flight class. Yeah. And you go to each place and they give, and so you're like, oh, right. So you stopped at all these breweries over and over again, making your way around. Like I said, it was just a uh, a gravel circle that we kept walking around that had all these breweries. But you never had a full beer. You had like a third of a beer each time. So, okay, we start to do the math, right? How many places did we stop? How many, did, and you can't really remember. But you're like, I bet we didn't have more than four total pints over the three hours we were there. And now, it doesn't seem like such a such a marathon. But, I don't know, you're outside, and it's fresh air, and it's whatever. <laughs> you're just, I don't know what was your, the pace you've cut. I, I should say, like, this is one of those things, like so many others, that when you buy your tickets, you get two beer tokens, and then you can buy more tokens inside. You don't go up and actually buy your beers. And so, a couple of us took turns buying rounds of of tokens and whatever and so at the end the thing's supposed to end at seven o'clock it's about six o'clock and uh my brother-in-law who frankly takes a very rough ride po- on this podcast as you know shrites um yeah he was good enough to to drive us over there and drive us back. he's not a drinker at all um it's been like eight years since he's he's had anything now he enjoys other substances and power to you if that's what you're you're into. But he drove us over there and we said because uh, he had to help get us around an accident over the one bridge in Bob Cajuns. Everything was held up. He grew up in that area, so he knew how to get us there, which was frankly heroic. And I I'm grateful to him for that. Yeah. Uh, but at six o'clock, you're like texting, "Hey, okay, this closes at seven. Like, let's plan to leave here right at seven. How do we do this? Like, how many more do we have? How many more tokens do we have?" And so we everyone started throwing their tokens into the pile and what we found out was we have enough tokens for all of us to have one more round and then everyone except one person to have a second round somewhere else and we're like this is kind of rough right like do we do that to somebody and so i kind of went i'm fine like i'll be the one who sits out the and and the one and only girl with us graced us with her presence. She's like, no, like, I'm the smallest. I've had enough as it is. I don't need another one, but I am going to take a sip off of everything each of you get on that second round. So we go, we have the first round, and then we're getting ready to have the the second round, and my buddy reaches into his pocket, and he's like, oh, I found a couple more, and now we have enough tokens for a third round, again, though, for everyone but one person.
0: (laughs) Oh, Jesus. And you couldn't have given it to the one person who sacrificed their yeah. second round. Well, so
1: that time we walked right up. Well, so now everyone did get their second round, right? We had enough to finish off that second okay. round. And then the third round was going to be one short again. And so at that point, you're just like, we walked right up to the people at Old Flame who I talked to all the time. And they were sort of on the way out. And I uh, said, look, we got four tokens and five of us. Any chance you can just help us. Out? We'll give you some cash. But they had, almost like last call, they'd stopped selling more tokens at six o'clock, right? And uh the woman's like yeah sure no problem and um didn't take any money she's like we got some open containers here we're looking to pawn off on people and this is when the grand finale hits shrides we had with 10 minutes to go at like 6 40 640, something like that someone walked up to my friend ashley and just is like hey uh we're getting ready to draw for the uh the baskets of beer if you haven't entered yet you should do that and we're like i didn't even know that was a thing it was like a Raffle or or whatever. So she ran over, put her name, her phone number down five times for each of our names, and then she had to take off to the outhouse. And as she was sitting there, I'm sure that's a delight for any woman at a craft beer festival. Mm-hmm. And her phone starts ringing into a number she doesn't recognize, but it's a seven o five, which is sort of where we are. And so she answers, and like, is this Brandon? And she's like, yes. <laughs> Because she knows she's just answered <laughs> a Brandon name on something like, yeah, you just want a basket of beer. She's like, all right. So the four of us are still standing. And she comes like sprinting back down the street from where the outhouses are, which I assume means she's been bitten on the ass by something or something crazy's happened while she's it's like, come on, we have a basket of beer. And they go running off to. So we, we left with more beers probably than we drank the whole time we were there. Big uh, craft basket. It was a good day, right? Right
0: on. Yeah, that's a win.
1: Yeah. And, uh, so a little bit of everything, uh, from the, the local breweries was, was in this basket, right? Some old flame, some Lindsay, some Bob Cajun, some old dog, uh, really good day.
0: That sounds like a great day.
1: Yeah. Then we got back here, had a couple more, actually had a late night swim. The water's friggin' cold right now. Screeze, it's, it's happening too soon. We are about to do that thing that you like. And
0: oh, I'm so excited. I, some of the leaves the in my neighborhood are starting girls, to turn. That the term we
1: used? Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, it's, it's calling me. I can feel it. I can smell it in the air. It's coming. I want to put on my cardigan and put my sweatpants on and, and drink my coffee outside. Um, very excited.
1: Yeah. One of the things that comes with fall in Canada is the stretch run in the CFL. And uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks, I assume you were at this game on, uh, on Saturday night? Sure was. Yeah. So, uh, I didn't see any of it, obviously we were doing other things, but I did check the score with, I think 11 minutes to go in the fourth quarter and I kind of went off oh, sweet. Like this is under control. And then we threw on sports center at 11 o'clock before we, you know, were into other things. And I, uh, what, what happened? <laughs> What's, what has happened here? Um, By all accounts, you know, looking around, it looks like Dustin Crum and the offense actually played reasonably well during this one, but it fell apart late again. Is this Red Blacks team just cursed at this point? Like, what do we make of... Because a week ago, we were talking about the defense, who had been holding this team together through the first third or half of the season, fell apart in, in last week's game when the offense had played pretty well. Uh, now it looks like the offense played pretty well again. I, I don't know. You saw it. I didn't. What the hell happened? And is this team just, is this just not our year again?
0: So I was there and I got to confess something to you. Okay. I, cause I, I want to make it very clear. And I said this a few weeks ago when uh, the Red Blacks had that amazing comeback win against Winnipeg. I don't criticize fans for leaving early. You got a life. You paid for that ticket. Yep. You do whatever the hell you want with that oh, ticket. No. You
1: leave oh, no. whenever you want. I know where the story's going already. <laughs> so we're
0: at the game, yeah. and the Red Blacks are up by two scores. Yeah. There's three minutes left, and as we always do, Josh oh, no. and I usually we leave our seats and we go watch the the end of the game from like near the log cabin, so sure. that we can just like jet Book out it, as get soon get as the game car. ends. Yeah. So there's three minutes left. I got to get up at five thirty today to to watch a football game, a soccer game. And wait, I'm like, no, wait, you know wait,
1: wait, wait! I have to stop you here. So the kickoff is at six, right? For the soccer uh, game? Yeah. Why? Why? I- why do you have to get up a half hour early before an already apocalyptically early start? This is... Do
0: you watch pregame coverage of your sports, Matt?
1: I often don't, actually, no. Oh,
0: well, then that <laughs> takes away from my point. I wanted okay. to watch the pregame coverage. Fair enough. Um, and I wanted to, like, make a coffee and get yeah. ready. And plus, like, 6 a.m. is sleeping in for me. So, like, 5.30 was... <laughs> okay. 5.30 was, like, when I was more comfortable getting up. Fair um, enough, fair enough. But, I, like, I also didn't want to, like, get home at... Because I already have an hour drive ahead of me from yes. TD Place. I didn't want to get home at midnight, so we left with three minutes left.
1: <laughs> seems like and safe. You're up by two scores, right? Yeah.
0: Seems safe, right? Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. And as we're walking down Bank Street to our car, we can hear the crowd cheering. And we're like, oh, okay, well, good things must be happening. <laughs> and we get to the car, and we just turn on TSN 1200, and they're talking about a 25-24 to 24 loss for the Red <laughs> Blocks. And I'm like the fuck happened (laughs) what did we miss so i'm gonna be honest with you i had to catch the highlights this morning because i did not watch that um and uh yeah i don't have i don't have an explanation for you man i think red blacks fans are are pretty shocked and and because it's just like this The season has been so chaotic yes and it's a great word for it I, like, I know a lot of people got really excited about those two wins that they had, um, and they thought everything was turning around. But mm-hmm. I'll remind everybody, it was two wins.
1: <laughs> and, you, and you came on here and said as much. I'm not yeah. sold yet, right? Like, some things have had to go right. There's been some miraculous. And it was fun. Like you said at the time, as did I, celebrate, enjoy it. Yeah. Like, this has been fun. You've earned this. But don't necessarily read it as good times ahead right like it's yeah
0: and and i think this is the the last couple of games certainly have have brought fans back down to earth a bit and i think last night's game you know it was it was definitely kind of like the roles were reversed a bit the red blacks were on the other end of a comeback um but i think it just goes to show like they're there are a lot of holes on this team and there are like the the thing that's tough is like it's hard to pinpoint one because normally the defense is super solid normally the defense is like this team's bread and butter um next to lewis ward they're the only consistent (laughs) thing on this team and they also are like the defense is uh uh better at getting points than the offense at times um And you know, last night, obviously, the last couple of minutes, things fell apart. But but I will say, like we talked about this on the last episode of Mouchoir, there, like there have been a lot of I, I'll say questionable play calls or mm-hmm. questionable decisions made. You know, not going for it on third and one, and or or going for it and and trying to run a trick play and like be just very inconsistent yeah. play calling. I find on the offense um, sometimes
1: within the same quarter like you're talking about not this not this week's game but last week's where you don't go for it and then you do or you do go for it and then you don't and both of those probably should have been flipped right like it's
0: yep it's tough. Like it's, it is. it's it's hard to get a read on this team. Yeah. Um. But uh. Like I mean, it's, the CFL East is wide open. So who knows what's going to happen? But at three and seven, as long
1: as Hamilton's like, getting beat by Edmonton, we'll we'll be okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But like I don't know. I it's been a while since I've felt genuinely confident in this team, and and this season has changed nothing in that department.
1: Yeah. It, it's disappointing, right? Because this is one of those games where it sort of felt like. You know, based on what I saw in the highlights, and, and, you know, I'm being honest with everybody, I I watched all that this morning. I I, I did not see it live, but it sort of felt like Crum had it going a little bit, right? And I always sort of felt like, rightly or wrongly, those first, you know, he came in, he looked okay in the, you know, in relief uh, in the first game. And then you get those two wins, the miracle win against Winnipeg, and you're just sort of like, all right, like, we'll see. But I thought he might be the guy... That would fall apart and not fall apart. Maybe that's an unfair way to put it, but like he was running a lot, right? Like he didn't trust his arm. He wasn't making quick reads, but he was making really nice. He wasn't making great reads on his passes, but he was making really nice reads on when it was time to run. And there was going to become a moment and we saw it. Where teams would go, okay, no, like, you're not going to beat us with your legs anymore. And as soon as that happened, I thought, okay, now you're sort of back to square one with your fourth string quarterback. And how much can you sort of expect out of this guy? And it does seem like he's growing a little bit. He is figuring it out. And maybe there is something here. But at, as that's happening, suddenly the defense is struggling a little bit. And you're just like, meh, I, it, it feels a little cursed that you can't put these performances together in the same game.
0: Yeah, yeah it's i don't know i'm still i want to believe in dustin crumb so bad because he's such a great guy and we we had him on the podcast and he's got so much energy and so much confidence uh the mouchoir podcast um (laughs) and i just I, i there's there's flashes of excitement and and uh brilliance in this guy yeah I still feel like he does not trust his arm all the time. I still feel like he uses his feet a little bit too much. So I'm I'm curious about
1: your take on that. Do you think he doesn't trust his arm or does he not yet trust these receivers?
0: Could be both. I mean, he he started to generate some uh, chemistry with Nate Bahar, which I was really happy about because I love Nate Bahar and I want to see him used more. And this team hasn't used him properly in the last couple of years. Um, But Jalen Acklin has been very invisible Mm -hmm. in this season so far. And, you know, is that, because of something going on with Jay and or is that because he and Dustin Crum have not really found their chemistry yet? I don't know. He certainly doesn't seem to be targeted all that often. Yeah. Um, but I I, the, I watched Dustin Crum, and he's given—the O-line is not perfect. And there have been games in this season where they have allowed, like, five-plus sacks.
1: Yes. Oh, he's getting but, killed out
0: there. <laughs> by and large, he's also getting three to five seconds, and that should be all you need. Yep. And it's not enough for him. He's not making decisions quickly. He's often turning to the run right away. He's doing it less yeah. than he did in the beginning, and I like that. That shows progress. But yep. it's still to me, his decision making needs to speed up, and that comes with time. And unfortunately, he was thrown into the deep end with like oh, a yeah. water wing. Yeah, um,
1: <laughs> just one. <laughs>
0: and it, it, you know, you don't. That's not really a conducive learning environment. It's going to take some time. So I still, I still believe in him. I still feel like. The Red Blacks should should take the time they need with this guy and let him develop. At the same time, yeah. like you can't have a fourth season in a row of of uh, a terrible record, and that's what the Red Blacks are hurtling at a alarming speed towards. Yeah,
1: yeah. no, and it's funny we we had Bunda on here a couple of weeks ago. AJ Jackyback's been on here uh, recently, and I asked them both like, basically what you had just said that is is Crum. Holding on to it too long, or is the offensive line letting be? because he's getting crushed, like you said, five, six sacks a game sometimes, right? And the general consensus seems to be similar to what you just said like it's making the offensive line look bad, but they are mm-hmm. giving him enough time, like he exactly, it, it, yeah. And at, at some point, that's being a young quarterback, right, to make your decisions faster, make your reads faster, uh, and, and get that going. So it'll be interesting to see in theory. You know, he'll continue to improve throughout the season and the defense will get back on track. And, you know, there's an interesting stretch of games coming up here, uh, but they got to start to put it together pretty quick or this is going to be another really bad year for Red Blacks fans.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh,
1: I want to ask you about what went down here over the weekend with uh, the final of the Women's World Cup. But there, are, there were two huge events over the seven, eight-day span in British sport. Michaela, and I want to ask you how you how excited you are for next Saturday's AEW. W- like this is going. All in. <laughs> she picked it up fast. Uh all in pay per view at Wembley Stadium. Massive show coming up. Shrides, are you excited? Are you going to be checking out All In uh next Saturday from Wembley?
0: What time does it start?
1: I think it's like two o'clock actually.
0: Yeah. Is it like an all day thing? Uh, it's like it's probably going
1: to right? be four or five hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: I'm just trying to plan how much like alcohol and painkillers I'm going to need to get through this. <laughs>
1: That'll be the day um, you catch up on all the sleep you lost oh, over yeah. the last yeah. month or so. Yeah, okay. I'm just
0: going to self-medicate, get myself through that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hope that my husband finds someone to watch that event with. I know somebody. That is not me. Yeah. Yeah. You guys please have at her. Um, I will be quite literally anywhere else. Yeah. And um, you know, Hey, it'd be so cool to be in London. I was, I was saying, you know, I'd sell my soul to be at a pub in London today yep. on Sunday in the final of the women's world cup. Cause England was in it. Yeah. But um, you know, it'd be great to be in London for it. So I could drop Josh
1: off at Wembley and go have myself a grand old like day. Like a parent dropping his kid off at a movie. Yep. And I'd like be like that. a dad dropping yeah. his daughter off at Taylor Swift. <laughs> right. so like,
0: I'll come get him afterwards, but I am not going to that um yeah, I feel I feel nothing. Uh. Okay.
1: <laughs> I know you'll feel something about this, Rats, cuz I know you're you're a big backer of TCA. On on Wednesday morning, our buddy Kevin Mickey from SportsNet will be on the podcast. He, of course, very excited for AEW All In. Guy knows his wrestling in a big big way. Uh so he's going to be back on the podcast for the first time since the spring. He was in studio back in the spring for the first time. He was like yeah, I'm coming up to visit my wife's family. I could, I could use an hour or two to slide off somewhere else. And came to the studio for the first time. And uh, he'd been on a bunch of times, obviously before that, but that was his first studio visit. This one will be remote again as he's down in, uh, in Toronto. But we'll talk some wrestling with him. But uh, Kevin Mickey, uh, all over the place on Sportsnet's coverage, are just about everything at this point. So we'll talk some Jays with him. We'll talk some Leafs. Shrides, as you know, the Leafs man just dramatically undercovered in this country so we we need to check in on them uh so that'll be Kevin Mickey on uh, on Wednesday I know uh you won't miss that episode and you will be all in for all in I'm, I'm quite certain
0: I will a, say to you yeah, what my yeah. colleagues said to me when I asked them if they wanted to join a so- an all women's soccer uh group chat mm-hmm. um love that for you <laughs> but I'm good <laughs> Okay. I want to be supportive.
1: <laughs> but I'm good. That's hilarious actually. <laughs> like, on both fronts. the fact that you're passing yep. it on what was said to you, I think that's awesome. Um, yep. Yeah, so uh, look, that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. I know, look, I know you know your wrestling history, man, SummerSlam, 92, Brett versus Bulldog, 70,000 people at Wembley. This show's bigger than that, so we'll get into. I
0: only it. know that because there was an actual bulldog involved, and I love dogs. Okay. Um, a British Bulldog. A British Bulldog, yeah. I I will say, Lever Sage always gets on me for this. Like, I know so much more about wrestling than I wish I did. Like, I, I say, I, oh, I don't do, care yeah. about wrestling. I hate it. And then, yeah. like, five minutes later, I'm talking to him about Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch. And, like, uh, <coughs> I just... I, I was just going or, through uh,
1: old clips from this show the other day. What do I keep? What am I getting rid of? Right, We have piles of archives and just sound clips I've used for this and that. And on the day Scott Hall passed away, yeah. <laughs> you opened the show saying... Do it. You know who I am, but
0: you don't know why I'm here.
1: And I popped big. That was a huge my husband moment. just yelled at me from upstairs. He heard me say,
0: "I so, hate myself."
1: So you know, you don't love it, but you know, yeah. And so it's uh, like
0: I I know wrestling the same way Josh knows women's soccer or fun facts about Florence and the Machine, <laughs> against his will, yes. but it's because yes. of who he married oh, of course. that he just has this it's exposure. Around.
1: Yeah, it's, it's in my, my universe, right? So mm-hmm. uh, look for Kevin Mickey from Sportsnet on Wednesday morning here on TCA. That's going to be a lot of fun. Shrides, look, this was an, a, a fascinating final for so many reasons, just in terms of the matchup, but also in terms of like what it meant for women's soccer. And and this had got on the radar for so many people who don't normally follow women's sports. I, I don't know if you listened to the Daily, right, that New York Times mm. podcast. They suddenly were were talking about the, the downfall of Team USA at this one. And, and one of the things that you and I have talked about a few different times on this podcast, that European countries know how to develop soccer players. And it was just a matter of time before they realized, oh shit, like there's 50% more players out here that we could develop and turn into something. Oh yeah, women. Right, remember them? Um, And all of a sudden, what used to be a given is no longer a given. And you start to see perennial soccer powerhouses arise on the women's side. And it was only a matter of time before we got to that point. And you see England and Spain In a final, before we talk about the game itself and and what happened on Sunday morning, I'm curious, you know, what you take away from this final as far as what it says about where the game is going.
0: Yeah, it was definitely like this World Cup was so fascinating because you had so many upsets and so many teams advance who we didn't expect to. So many teams not advance who we expected to, like Canada not making it out of group play, the U.S. being bounced in the round of 16. um, Australia's run, which was just so incredible to watch. And, uh, you know, I, I think if you had told me at the beginning of the tournament, even a year ago, uh, we're going to have an England-Spain World Cup final, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. They're two of the top teams in the world. Um, I I said, and not to be that guy, but it's worth (laughs) noting, that I said exactly one year ago that I didn't think the U.S. women's national team was winning the World Cup, Mm -hmm. and I thought England was going to be the front runner to win the World Cup. So I'm happy that I was at least half right on that And there were some
1: gambling sites (laughs) coming into this event that were finally with you, right? As we started this tournament that said, hey— Look for Britain, but by the time we got to today, there it was actually Spain that was a slight favorite in most sports books. Um, yep, but, but and
0: and they're both great teams, and and they're incredibly incredibly um, talented, and and like top to bottom, I do think these are two of the best teams in the world. They're also like uh, England is missing three or four huge players due to injury spain was missing spain is missing three very key players due to protest, which i can get into in a bit. Sure. um also alexia patelis she played uh i think for like three minutes or, or no because of extra time there's like uh, an extra 13 minutes so mm-hmm. she played maybe 15 minutes in this game she's the you know ballon d'Or winner she's one of the best players in the world but she's been dealing with injury as well um and and even at that like i texted my friends during this game uh the the two of my colleagues who actually joined that group chat vanessa and one other person um i i said like watching these two teams these two masterclass teams play makes me realize how friggin bad canada really was in this tournament right, um right. because like, like they were just putting on a show i thought it was such a great game uh but yeah like i i wasn't at all surprised at this final just given that like i mean i, I follow women's soccer quite closely i know yeah. both you know the England won the Euros last year. Spain has been consistently one of the best player, one of the best uh, teams in the world for the last little while. So, it wasn't overly surprising. But I liked the way everything played out. I loved that Australia went on a nice run. It would have been awesome, excuse me, to see them in the finals. Yeah. Just the way the country got behind them. And, well, and even that third place the, game,
1: I'll be honest with you, I had no idea there was a bronze medal game at the World Cup. Like I just sort of thought everyone who loses goes home, and we were left with a final. But you end up with a pretty entertaining Sweden. Uh, Australia game which gave those fans one more chance to um you know continue what they had done like we should probably touch on here that England Australia game shattered television records in Australia yep. like this was 11. go ahead I'm sorry
0: 11.5 million no 11.5 uh, million people watching that's 42 percent of the country yeah we're watching this it's the most watched television event in Australian history so just to give you an idea of how, how behind this team this country got
1: yeah and from what I'm told people don't care about women's sports uh, no yeah I gotta say
0: and, yeah. and like I'll step on my soapbox for two minutes and I will <laughs> jump it. right Do back it. down I am no longer having that conversation. I'm done with it. I I, I do feel like sometimes I, I I will say something on Twitter. Oh, everyone says no one watches women's sports. And people are like, who's saying that? Like, trust me, take a look through my mentions. People are still saying it. Yeah. But I am no longer having that discussion. I'm no longer talking about, oh, wow, people are actually interested in this. Yes, they are. We know that. It's yeah. a fact. With Like, the viewership, the attendance, everything speaks for itself. It's not just in the World Cup. It's not just at the international level level. It's in the WSL in England. It's in La Liga in, in um, uh, Spain. It's in the NWSL in the States. I'm done with this conversation. People are very interested in women's sports. People are very interested in women's soccer. We, ha- we have this conversation too with the WNBA and other mm-hmm. women's sports. The numbers speak for themselves. It's no longer an argument. I'm no longer entertaining it. Thank you so much <laughs> for attending my TED Talk.
1: <laughs> the, there are moments where we all stretch and reach to make our argument in moments where maybe it's not as strong as we wish that it was right. Like why, when I tell you why the Leafs are actually awesome, despite having not achieved anything through this generation, <laughs> right? I can find you some stats that say, yeah, but in the Corsi league, they're like three time defending champions and things like that. There are moments though, where your arguments get shattered or where they are no longer even necessary. And your argument, if I could sum it up briefly for people who haven't been listening all that long, has always been just let people watch. Just make it discoverable. Don't make me go find the NWSL app or the what if you put it on television and just let people gravitate like they would to anything else that might be on. Right. The, the Orioles and the Mets are playing tonight in interleague play on Sunday night baseball, whatever it might be. A certain percentage of people will watch it if it's findable. You put this in Australia on their equivalent essentially of CBC and 40% of the country watches it. It's not well, exactly. a difficult argument, right? Or it's not, its for some reason, actually a very difficult argument, but it shouldn't be. It's not a difficult concept. If you allow this to be discoverable, easily, easily found, this is what you get. People want to cheer on their country in a sport that they love. And whether the person's got a buzz cut or a ponytail seems to be irrelevant, whether it's men or women, right? People will watch a sport they love when their country is playing. And you just saw Australia demonstrate it, not just in that game with their TV ratings, but across the country with attendance for this event, right? Like It, it, it was incredible to watch what Australia pulled off, both as a team and as a country.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it was sellout crowd after sellout crowd. And, and you know, I've, I've said it for a long time, put it on TV and promote it, which I think is a huge part of the argument, because yeah. we, what we've seen the last couple of years is like women's sports being put on TV more and then not promote it. And yet the viewership numbers were still increasing, but we needed that promotion. And I thought that, you know, shout out to TSM. They, I, I thought they did a great job yep. of like not just making it available and airing every game and having a proper, you know, pregame show and, and um, halftime panel and all that good stuff. But like it was actually promoted and advertised which I know a lot of people will be like, Oh, why are they shoving it down our throats? This is what happens with every sport. Yep. This is like, we get ads for every game. Why are we not getting them for the women's game? And we finally saw that in this. And I, and I hope that's a lesson for everybody that like, look what happens when you not only put it on TV, but you, you tell people about it and you promote it. (gasps) People watch gasp.
1: (laughs) Yeah. If you tell people over and over, this thing's important, people will treat it as important. And, uh, that's the way this plays out. So look, I want to ask you about your sort of overall thoughts on the entire tournament, but you won't be surprised to learn that as a non-soccer fan, I did not get up at 6am the day after craft beer fest, uh, to watch the final. I know you did apparently a half hour earlier than you needed to, uh, tell me what you thought of the championship game itself.
0: Uh, Well, I was very nervous um, because England is my second team. So after Canada gets knocked out, which Mm. they did early on in this one, uh, I often cheer for England. And um, Spain is Vanessa's team, and we'll get into that in a minute. Mm -hmm. But I was very nervous for this one. Um, But right off the bat, like, Spain dominated. And it didn't really slow down from there, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, Olga Carmona got the goal for Spain. Um, quite early on in the game and, uh, you know, Spain never looked back. They, they ended up with a one nil, uh, win. And I just thought this was Spain's game. Like they, they completely, uh, shut England down, especially in the midfield. England was not able to get anything going. They had a few chances near the end when like they were just putting it all out there. Right. Um, but I this like, Spain completely dominated this game. It, there was almost no doubt in my mind and I'm I'm a very uh, catastrophic uh, sports fan where <laughs> like especially in soccer if my team goes down 1-0 I'm like well that's over. Um <laughs> And like I did that in the the, uh, Tokyo gold medal game, Uh, Sweden went up one nothing over Canada, and I was like, "Well, silver's great." (laughs) So uh, I was uh, even even with that in mind, like I just felt like Spain had this uh, from early on, and um, it again, like I'm not excusing, I'm not using this as an excuse because both teams are dealing with injuries. There's Mm -hmm. unfortunately this epidemic of ACL tearing in women's soccer right now that. (laughs) if this was happening at this level in the men's game, there would be like a international inquiry and the (laughs) world would be shut down. But here we are. Um, So England's missing a lot of their top players, including their captain, Leah Williamson. And they, they certainly had, I think very, very high powered offensive players out there. They subbed in Chloe Kelly, um, uh, in in the second half, and uh, I thought for sure maybe this will turn things around, but they, they just couldn't get it going. Spain was all over them. Spain outshot them 13-8. to eight. Shots on target were 5-3. to three. Uh, Spain had the possession uh, upper hand at 58%. Like, it, it just, overall, Spain played a better game. They were a better team. Uh, it was entertaining, though, I will say that. Like, for a 1-0 game, it was yeah. wildly entertaining. Um, and unfortunately, there's a lot of, as there always is in women's sports, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that made this game a little more difficult and made, you know, fans like Vanessa have a hard time cheering for Spain (laughs) because I mentioned the three players who are not playing with Spain at a protest. Yeah. That's because about a year ago, 15 players from the national team wrote a letter to their federation saying that they do not want to play on the national team as long as Jorge Vilda is the head coach. Um, he's still the head coach today. He won a World Cup with them today. Um, They've uh, accused him of some pretty awful stuff and creating a very hostile culture and uh, I would say doing things that are borderlining on abuse. And unfortunately, their federation didn't listen to them. And Jorge Vilda is now a World Cup champion and is probably not going anywhere.
1: So it's going to make it harder to get listened to now, right?
0: Yeah, it's a little difficult. There's a lot of corruption in the um, Spanish Football Federation. And uh, it's it's really frustrating to, to watch, like knowing that... This was a possibility, but I'm happy for these players. They deserve it. Especially like When you think of everything they've been through, not just as athletes getting to the peak of their uh, sport and, and representing their country on an international stage and then yeah. winning it all, but they did that all while not being put in the safest of conditions by their coach and by their federation. So I'm happy for these players, but I think there's a lot of... Um, there's a bit of a gray cloud hanging over this, and unfortunately, there won't be an asterisk next to it. Um, but this, this, these players deserve a lot better. I'm happy they're at least walking away with a World Cup. But just unfortunately, it means that Vilda also gets one. So that's yeah. and that's how sports work, I guess.
1: Yeah, no, everybody's favorite team has at least one villain on it or somebody that you don't like, and you sort of have to hold your nose almost. But you said there's a gray cloud over this victory. Uh, there's a gray cloud over this for you as well as you and Vanessa had uh, engaged in some gambling on this game. sure did. Yeah.
0: Now you'd think that England being my second team, I was a little bummed that they lost, but I made a bet with Vanessa that ensured that I would win no matter what. (laughs) And that bet was whoever's team won, they had to make the other person eat a delicacy from that respective country. So if England had won, I would get to feed Vanessa some sort of British food and if Spain won, what she that? gets oh, that's to just feed like me fish and
1: chips or I'll get into bangers it. I'll and get into it. Okay, all right, all I'll right. get into
0: it. All right, if Spain wins, one, she gets to feed me a Spanish delicacy. Okay. Now, what do we know about Spanish food versus British food? Spanish food's better. So no matter what, <laughs> I was looking at either England wins and I'm happy, yeah. or Spain wins and I get to eat something and delicious. I'm cool. yeah. So it's a win-win for me. Now, on the topic of British food, yeah. I will defend it. My <laughs> my family's from Scotland, but I I have spent I've grew up in basically what what is a British household, spent a lot of time in the UK. Mm -hmm. I love British food. I love black pudding. I love bangers and mash. (laughs) I love any kind of meat pie with gravy on it and fish and chips and you give me deep fried stuff and I will eat it. I love Iron (laughs) Brew. I love Walker's chips. I love it all. Okay. But the rest of the world doesn't exactly share that same we've seen British
1: teeth and gone, Yeah no, pass.
0: (laughs) That's down to the water though. Yes it is um now uh, Matt uh, Maddie Lang actually pointed out to me on Twitter and, and reminded me of the fact that the national dish in England is actually chicken tikka masala which is hilarious. <laughs> that is um, weird. Okay. And it's delicious. And I was like, I'm not making her something that good. I'm going to make her something disgusting. Uh, so I was prepared to like prepare her some uh, black pudding and fried eggs and baked beans or cheesy beanos or something like that. Yeah. And unfortunately, I don't get to do that. But fortunately, I get to eat some amazing Spanish food. Because uh, you can't find a bad uh, Spanish food, I don't think. And I probably like it all. So um, that was a very much win-win bet that I made with Vanessa.
1: So is Vanessa the one cooking for you? Or are you going to get to go see like grandma and, and mom and 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 have like the family make you like a traditional Spanish meal of some kind? Like you, you may be winning beyond belief here.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think she's cooking it, okay. but you know what? I, you never know. She's brought, I, we had a potluck once and she brought her grandmother's tortilla, which is a Spanish omelet. Okay, oh, incredible. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm hoping, I mean, I'm, I'll be happy either way, but if, you know, she happens to ask her grandmother to help or her yeah. mother to help, I'll be very much okay with
1: that. <laughs> sure. So, um, before we move off this then, let me just ask you kind of, in a general sense, like, what does, what is the legacy of this particular Women's World Cup? And, and we talked during the, the event, we talked before the event on what this was going to look like. Obviously, Australia is a country far more open-minded than the place that the last men's world cup was played um you know we we talked about who's we focused at the beginning quite frankly a lot on Canada because that's what we do right We're, we're Canadians we're fans of that and it did not go anywhere close to the way that we wanted it to go so as we sort of step back from that and try and evaluate this thing in general um you know, the, there was questions about what FIFA was going to allow in terms of support of the LGBT community and these sorts of things. What is the legacy of this event, both in the sport and in a more kind of cultural sense? Is, was this a success?
0: Oh, a resounding success. Yeah. It was quite literally the most well-attended women's sporting event in the world. It was the most well-watched, the, the, the most-watched TV event in Australia, like records broken across the board. Like it, the, There's no question this was (laughs) the most successful Women's World Cup that has ever taken place. Um, I hope that part of the legacy is this is where the argument of no one watches women's sports (laughs) died. I also, like, if I'm being honest, I hope that this is where we see a transition into the way that we talk about we cover women's sports from oh, what does this mean for the growth of the game to, hey, did you see how fucking awesome Sam Kerr's goal was? Right. Like, one thing that we try to do on She's Got Game is not just talk about, like, we, we have to talk about this to a certain extent because it's where we are in women's sports right now. But to not just talk about, oh, what does this mean for the game? But to actually talk about women's sports the but way that men's sports game, are talked yeah, about. Yeah. Let's talk about the sport. Let's cover it this way other sports are, talk, are covered. And I think that what we saw, what I saw, at least in this World Cup, is... is more investment into covering the sport that way again i think tsn did a fantastic job with it and i hope that the legacy is this is the turning point of yeah. where we stopped talking about women's sports like a charity and started talking about it like what it is a money-making machine yeah. and a sport and and we and we started to see the coverage shift so that's the one legacy i'll say i think the other one isn't i like i didn't know this but australia is not a soccer nation they're more of a rugby nation yeah and and cricket apparently um you could have fooled me football if, they
1: uh yeah they, they got a lot of things going on down there that that we don't know about but they showed up for this thing
0: yeah like you could have fooled me this was this country came out for the matilda's like crazy yeah. and i think that the, you know the legacy of this world cup will probably be much like london 2012 did for canada i think that this tournament f- Helped Australia fall in love with their women's team, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think part of the legacy will be the support that you see for them because they they have one of the best players in the world, if not the best player in the world, in Sam Kerr on their team. And you got to enjoy that while you can, while she's in her peak. Because I think like, as a Canadian soccer fan, let me help you learn from the lessons that we did, where we ignored Christine Sinclair for her her prime. You have the best player in the world in her prime right now. Do not take that for granted. Um, so I think that's part of the legacy. Um, what other countries would you say a, like,
1: put themselves on the map here? Like who's coming away from this, you know, there's only one winner, but there are certain countries or certain programs who come out of this going, we're here, we're ready. We are here now. Notice us.
0: Well, I think anyway, kind of what I was going to say as the the final part of the, the legacy is like a lot of people said, Oh, the, the gap is closing. The gap is closing. I think the gap's closed. Right. The gap has been closed for a long time. It's yeah. just, we haven't seen a lot of these countries, I mean, they still don't have the resources, the proper resources that they need. But we finally saw a lot of them really take that step forward. And like, there were, I think, six teams in the top 20 in FIFA rankings who did not make it out of the group stage, including Canada and including Brazil, including Germany. And you saw teams like Morocco and Colombia and Nigeria um, make it out of group play, make it into the quarterfinals in some cases. Um, So I think... We saw more parity in this tournament than we have in previous tournaments, and I think that's a wonderful thing. Um, you know, the U.S. has some questions to answer for sure in their program, but yeah. uh, I, and and I, I, it's unfortunate because I think a lot of people will look at this tournament and go, "Oh, this is where other teams finally caught up to the U.S." Which is part of the story, but I think a bigger part of the story is just the fact that the U.S. was horribly managed and horribly coached. Hmm. They still have the best players in the world. They still have the, the I, like. They weren't the best team, but on paper, they are the best team. You know what I mean? Uh, um, So I don't necessarily... I think it's a a bit of both, and the second part is not getting covered quite as much. But now that Vladko Andonovsky is out as head coach, I think we will start to see those changes that bring, hopefully, the U.S., Back to at least being a contender, because as much as I hate them as a team um, because i 'm a canadian football, <laughs> yeah. a, a Canadian soccer fan, yeah. I love everything they 've done for the sport, but like you know they 're the big boss I think when they're when they're good like they 're the ultimate villain. Right, like people yeah. love to hate them. So it it would be nice. It's nice to see them get bounced in the round of sixteen. It's also nice to see them get bounced in the quarters of the semis by like you know a, a powerhouse. Um, not that Sweden's not a powerhouse. Sweden's a great team, but like I just think that when they're good, it's good for the sport. So I'd like to see them turn their program around a it's little bit. Fun but... if they
1: never lose though, right? Like there has to be something about that exactly. villain oh, yeah, exactly. that like you have to get there. You have to beat them, and when somebody does, it's a huge event. Everybody's excited, but they have to come back strong to keep that Uh, look in any sport the U.S. is going to be a villain and it's important and I think for the most part they're willing to embrace that even though you take a step back and understand outside of the actual field of play they've done incredible things for the game no everybody wants to beat the U.S. when it comes time to actually play them
0: yeah exactly exactly it's really fun to beat them trust me we've done it (laughs) um we still talk about it uh and, and at the same time, like, you know, they've got some of the best young players in the world, like Sophia Smith and Trini Rodman. And like when they come back, I'm, you know, be terrified of this team as always. Sure. Um, but yeah, there, there's just, there was so much parody in this tournament. There was so much um, excitement and upsets and everything you love about sports. So yeah. it was just, it was all around a, a great tournament. I'm, I'm sad it's over because i loved it so much i'm happy it's over because i'm excited to get back to sleep (laughs) like a normal schedule and having a bit of a life back but i will say and it's worth noting these players that we got to watch who we loved and, and in some cases like we're introduced to and fell in love with we can still watch them the nwsl regular season is going on christine sinclair is back with the portland thorns for example the wsl season is is getting underway uh liga same thing like there are the, all of these players go home to their club teams and we can watch them there. And I hope that is one of the things that we take away from this world cup, because there's lots of great opportunities to watch women's soccer and um, it's, it's right in front of us. So I, I, again, I hope that that coverage doesn't stop. I hope networks are, are learning from it and we see more of that going
1: forward. Yeah. We, we have this discussion a lot, right. Especially in this country after the Olympic hockey mm. tournament where it's like Oh man, that was amazing. I can't wait. I can't believe I have to wait four more years to watch it. Like you don't, you could show up and and watch it somewhere else. And in this case, the NWSL far more established at this point than, than what's coming, what has been and what is coming in professional women's hockey, but you don't have to wait four years. We, we choose to wait four years and and that's the problem. So, um, it was fun. This this held my attention. As you know, I'm not a huge soccer fan, and even if I wasn't watching every game, uh, I was certainly checking the highlights in the morning, and, and obviously when Canada was in, I was all in on that. Uh, but this is this is how you grow it, right? You turn on the TV, and it, it's, it's important, right? When I turn on the TV with my niece and she sees a full 60,000-seat stadium watching this game and not some sparsely attended whatever it's planted squarely in her head. Yeah. Okay. This is big league sports. This is what big league sports look like. No different than when he turns on the Jays or whatever. Right. So to me, that's going to be a takeaway from this as, as you suggested earlier is just what an incredible job Australia and New Zealand did hosting this thing and, and filling stadiums to watch games that had nothing to do with their own teams, just knowing this is going to be top end soccer. And, and I want to be there. I want to be a part of it. I want to see it. And, You know, it's 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 fun to hear when any of these teams score the high pitch nature of the cheer, the roar of the crowd. Like, because, you know, there are lots of people there who've brought their daughters, right, who've brought their young and sons. And so of course but
0: it's it's important
1: for young bo- just just
0: to interject for one second it's by all Im- means. just as important for young boys to watch this and understand that women's sports is important and has value as it is for young girls like i big advocate for young girls watching women's sports because yep. you know see it believe it all that good stuff but the you know the the men coming at me on twitter and saying that no one watches women's sports were young boys at one point and right. i think we need to also change this next generation of young boys to make them see the value of women's sports so they don't turn into those men on Twitter. And I think it just, just to highlight the fact that it's just as important for these young boys to watch women's sports as well.
1: Yeah. No, it's a point well taken. I'm not going to try and even respond to it. It's that's completely correct. Uh, to watch the number of young people watching this and, and what that's going to mean moving forward was, was incredible. So um, yeah, I, I'm not going to try and oversell this. Like I'm some big soccer, whatever everybody knows I'm not, but this was fun, right? The, when mm-hmm. I did turn it on uh, the other night, it was the semifinal uh, Sweden and uh, help me out, Shrides. It was, it was Sweden and England. It
0: played uh, the in the semifinal. Semi? Uh, no,
1: it would have been Sweden and Spain. Right. And we flipped that on and it was late enough at night that I started going, is this live? Like, I don't know in Australia, the other side of the world, or did this happen this morning? And so I did a quick Google because I was watching with my mom and... Uh, found out as I was just trying to figure out if it was live or if it was a, a – rec- I saw the score, so I didn't tell her. We just sat there and watched the end of it, and that was that crazy – it was like two, three goals late in the game going back and forth, and it was just fun to watch, right? And, and it's fun to hear that, that young roar in the crowd, that young enthusiasm and, um, and what that could mean moving forward for, for both. You're, you're totally correct, or you're totally right to correct me on the fact that it's not just young girls – seeing this as an option. It's young boys seeing that, oh, this shit's legit. Like, don't grow up being one of those people on Twitter. Right. So,
0: <laughs> don't turn into that
1: guy. Right. So uh it was a hell of an event. They did a hell of a job and and now we turn our attention back to the Canadian men's and women's programs who both have daunting tasks in front of them for all kinds of reasons. They're they got their own program to to fight with um they have to try and and qualify for for paris as far as the women go uh the men are going to try and qualify for copa uh copa america and everything that's involved in that it's a fascinating time right now for for canadian soccer on both sides
0: yeah it's gonna get real interesting um and can, yeah canada's got some olympic qualifying games against jamaica in september in toronto um i'll be at the second game on september 26th i don't think tickets are on sale for the first one yet but i think the september 26th one is sold out or at least close to selling out so that's great yeah um but i'm very nervous because (laughs) jamaica is a good team and canada did not play well so i am very very and you know canada soccer has done their thing and you know threatened the fact that they don't have any money for the fall window and all that good stuff so um i'm a little nervous about this team and this federation heading into Olympic qualifiers and um, yeah. you know if this tournament taught us anything it's that uh, you got to invest in your women's team because other teams are catching up
1: yeah as you said earlier on maybe the the window or the you know the gap isn't closing it's closed and those teams have arrived yeah. and that means that Canada and the USA and, and we're not in the same class in terms of the abilities and and the strengths of the, the programs right but for the longest time whether it be hockey or soccer or a hundred different sports. It was Canada, USA, and then everyone else in, in women's sports. That's not the case anymore. And so the ability for Canada soccer to walk around with their chest puffed out saying, you know, we're one of those top countries does not just come by default anymore. You're actually going to have to show it. You're going to have to invest. You're going to have to develop. And they've yet to show us that, uh, that they're capable of that. So that's going to be fascinating to follow. Shrides, anything else we wanted to, to cover on this episode of the podcast?
0: Um, I don't think so. Yeah. Um it, qu- real quick fact, one highlight of the Red Blacks game mm. last night. Yeah. They had a drag show at one point cuz it was Pride Night. And oh, they yeah. had a drag queen uh perform on, on the field and it was amazing. Uh it was actually <laughs> one of the same drag queens that I saw at the Broadhead Brewery right, right, uh show right, yeah. that I talked about a couple years a couple weeks ago. Um it was fantastic. More drag shows at football games, <laughs> please. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah, no, I, as I said, I missed the, anything that happened on Saturday, I was lights out on. So, uh. You had more important
0: things to worry about, like the Bob Cajun Craft
1: Beer Festival. Exactly. The biggest event in the country on, uh, on that Definitely the biggest Saturday. event in Bob Cajun. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, so um well uh, a poem well made and, and it's fun to see that sort of stuff getting included in these games and so uh yeah we'll we'll keep an eye on all of it shrides i appreciate you doing this tell people what's coming up if you can uh on uh, on she's got game on mouchoir anything you want to uh, put out there here.
0: Well, we are going to break down uh, everything from the final of the World Cup and um, hopefully have an update on our wager. Maybe I've had some delicious Spanish food before Thursday when we record. Um, We are going to be joined by Eva Harris from uh, Tennis Canada to talk about equality in tennis, which I'm really looking forward to. At some point in the next couple of weeks... We are going to be joined by Claire Hanna, who's going to talk about her experience in Australia covering yeah. the World Cup. Um, so, yeah, all that fun stuff is coming up on She's Got Game on the TSN radio network and wherever you get your podcasts. And then on Mouchoir, uh, Janine is away right now. She's on a much well-deserved vacation <laughs> in Europe. So, um I'm deb- I don't think I'll do a solo show. I mean like, you know, the last couple of games have been moderately interesting, but yeah. <laughs> probably not enough that I go and talk by myself in the abyss. Uh so when she gets back, we'll we'll return to somewhat regularly scheduled programming on the the Mushwar podcast.
1: That sounds awesome. That's uh she's got game on the TSN Radio Network and now a podcast. So subscribe to that. Wherever you're hearing us right now, it's uh, it's there and uh, of course the Mouchoir podcast as well if you want to hear. But the the roller coaster that is the Ottawa Red Blacks, uh, well <laughs> worth your time for sure. I appreciate you doing this, rides on a Sunday afternoon, uh, checking in and uh, and helping me put this one together. All your insights on the Women's World Cup for sure, where I've come tapping you on the shoulder quite a few times. Hey, beforehand, what can we expect during, how's Canada doing, and now afterwards, what does it all mean? I appreciate you stepping in here.
0: Oh, I'm always happy to talk about women's soccer, you know that. Thank you for giving me an excuse to have a drink on a Sunday afternoon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> With that in mind, I'll remind the good listener that uh, coming up, Kevin Mickey from Sportsnet, we'll talk a little Jays, we'll talk a little Leafs, and we will certainly talk a little wrestling ahead of uh, all-in at Wembley Stadium. Uh, Shrides is being modest. You, she's going to watch the thing. That's that's going to happen.
0: Totally. Yep. <laughs> I know all the things about the wrestling because it's not even WWE it's AEW right yeah, so oh it's
1: yeah. like it's a cool I, punk I, rock kids right it's the underground Cody Rhodes right. isn't there anymore right? nope, he's the only right. guy I knew yeah
0: I don't know okay. see this is like it's a little too neat it's like it's like I'm trying to think of like a comparable like if, if you're not into soccer and then someone or if you're not into hockey and someone asks you to watch the AHL it's like
1: okay no that's not a crazy <laughs> that's not a crazy comparison though. that's that's well put together uh Friday night in Toronto WWE Smackdown on Fox was there Edge apparently maybe retiring Toronto's own he had a cool blue and white set of tights on with uh what I thought was uh was very cool he had the Boreas salming patch that the Leafs wore oh, nice. after he had passed away right he he leaned into this being his hometown this possibly being his last ever WWE match and and he was getting a, a lot of our our sports media friends in Toronto who aren't necessarily huge wrestling people clearly had attended this one and and there was some cool stuff there. Just trying to, le- they, there was some Leaf jerseys autographed by him that were auctioned off on WWE Shop, all of it for charity and stuff. So uh, wrestling can be fun. I know it's not your uh, it's not your thing, but we'll get into a bit of that with uh, with Kevin Mickey on uh, on the podcast later in the week. I know you won't miss it. Shreds love that for you. <laughs> Okay, that's, that's how we're going to end this episode of the podcast. For Michaela Schreider, my name is Matt Robinson. Thank you so much for listening. You can find her on social media at Schreides, S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S. And as I said, every weekend on the TSN radio network and your podcast feeds with She's Got Game. Oh, my God. Uh, and the Mooshua podcast. We're on social media at Talk and Audio. Subscribe wherever you're hearing us right now. Uh, yeah, we'll see you next time.